0: You are listening to Overcomer's Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we are dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you are listening, we hope that this message leaves you equipped and encouraged. Jesus is on the throne and there is no challenge that you've come in here tonight that after a five minutes in the presence of God, God can't change your situation around. I'm telling you from personal experience that wherever your life is, good, bad, ugly, great, God will take you to a higher level in one moment in his presence. You see, the Israelites were bound by the Egyptians. And in one moment of favor, God had the Israelites strip the Egyptians of all of their wealth, and he set them completely free. And if God can do that for a whole people group in one chapter, what can God do for you in five minutes in the presence of God? I'm not here tonight to just talk to you about some dry, dead religion. I'm not here to talk to you about just a couple words in a book. I'm here to talk to you about a man who was sent the son of God, who died 2,000 years ago, a brutal death, man, Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus was beaten beyond recognition of mankind. I'm talking about such an abusive death that you could not even recognize that Jesus was human. And he didn't do it so Mel Gibson could make a movie about it. He didn't do it so we could build buildings and we could just meet in a place. He did it to break the back of sin over all of humanity. He did it so sickness and disease would no longer, longer have authority over your life he did it so that you no longer have to live poor but you can live full of provision and i believe i'm in a room full of people tonight that are saying no to hell and saying yes to all that heaven has if that's you go ahead and give the lord a round of applause right now man we've got a short night tonight and we've got a lot of work to do in the holy ghost so if i'm coming out guns blazing just join me put on your six gun We're in Missouri, right? Say New York State, is it? Actually, New York State would come packing too. We're not in San Francisco right now, are we? No, Troy, we ain't. All right, great, praise the Lord. (laughs) We're all right, right, we're in the Midwest. Men are men here, I think. Is that right? Man, I was definitely expecting a stronger amen from the men I'm seeing in this place right here. Amen, all right. If you're not sure, we got a couple bathrooms. Go check real quick. We'll do a little break. Come on back. (laughs) We can have fun. It's awesome in the presence of God. I'm going to read some scripture to you right now, and I'm excited about what God wants to do. You see, God gave us a book, and in this book, he gave us very clear instructions. I was sharing this morning, and there's a scripture that's so often truncated, you taking a picture? Should I pose? <laughs> Sorry, I see my wife and I just get distracted, you know. Where are we? What are we doing? Reading a scripture, that's right. Can any can any husbands relate? Any husbands relate? Just one glance at your wife, you know. Forget where you're at. If you look at her, look at her the wrong way, you'll wake up in another place, I know. I get it. Saw this meme the other day of this man sitting next to Jesus on a park bench. And in the meme, he said, all I said to her was calm down. And next thing I know, I woke up here. (laughs) Do you guys have a marriage ministry just in case? I don't know. Can we plug it? (laughs) When does that happen? What happens there? Do you guys have a cadence to that? Seriously, do you guys have anything happening right now for your marriage ministries we can uh, let people know about? Anything on the calendar? All right, talk to these guys. They'll get you hooked up. No problem. You guys need to do something for for married couples. So, um, um, yeah, so one of the scriptures that often gets truncated is, you know, bad stuff happens to people. A lot of times because people make stupid decisions, you know? People be like, oh, man, everything happens for a reason. Yeah, sometimes the reason is people are stupid. I mean, it's really, it's like not that difficult. Like, I can tell you, bad things have happened to me because I've made bad decisions, right? Like, let's not over-spiritualize things. Like, man, I went to Lick's Custard. Is that what it's called? Licks? Licks. Yeah. Okay, apparently a lot of you guys don't know about this place. It's delicious. Maybe you shouldn't go, okay? Because if all I did, if I lived in this area, I probably would weigh a lot more than I do right now. It's delicious. And if I ate that every day, although the devil is behind diabetes, the devil didn't give me diabetes. I gave myself diabetes eating ice cream every day of my life, right? So we can understand that bad decisions will produce bad results and good decisions will produce good results. 1 plus 1 is man. Wow. I was expecting an overwhelming answer too, right? 2 plus 1 is You're right, you ma'am, you don't need to take notes on 1 plus 1. I promise you, it's all right. I'm just kidding Miss Andy. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> So God, anyway, as I was saying, one of the scriptures so often that I dislike being shared the way it is, is the truncated versions, and I think it's uh, 1 Corinthians 2. It says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has entered the heart of man the things that God has in store for them that love him. And a lot of times people are like, oh man, You know, God just works in mysterious ways. But the verse right after that says, "'But God has revealed it to us by His Holy Spirit, "'for the Holy Spirit searches all things even the deep things of God. For who can know the heart of a man except the spirit of that man? Even so, who can know the heart of God except the spirit of God? And you've been given the self same spirit. So what that means is that the, no eye has seen nor has entered the heart of man the things that God has in store for those who love him, but it's been revealed by the Holy Spirit and we've been given that Holy Spirit. So what God is saying is that there is no need for you and I to ever live in confusion in any area of our life. If you want that, say amen. You don't need to wonder about what my job is supposed to be. What is my children's life supposed to look like? What's my spouse's life supposed to look like? What's my purpose for being here on this earth? You don't need to wonder and just say, well, God, if you want to, you'll show me. If it's your will, that is some bad theology. And for years, pastors and preachers have taught that there's just a big man upstairs that maybe he's going to talk to you and maybe he's not going to talk to you. Who knows? If you do enough good works, maybe he'll share it with you. You know, if you serve enough at the, at the old folks home, if you, you know, take out the trash enough, if you help that lady across the street take her garbage out. and sh- There are no good works that you can do to earn the favor of God. God's given us this book. I'm going to read this, 2 Corinthians, sorry, Colossians 2, freedom rules in a new life in Christ. And now, just as you have accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Everybody say, follow him. him. Look, we use these, we do giveaways because we want to bless people in the community, right? I'm excited to give give away 300 bucks later to somebody, right? That'd be nice. I hope you guys win. I hope you win, ma'am. I hope you all win. I don't want any one person over the next person to win, despite previous comments I may or may not have made. (laughs) But the reality is, is $300 is not going to solve anyone's lifetime problems. You may have some problems solved for the next month. I could, in America, I couldn't imagine $300 solving problems for more than a month. Man, maybe six weeks. Maybe six weeks. So we use these tools to meet people's immediate need. But the goal is to crack into their lives and to break the power of sin over their life that's been holding them down at a low level and watching people break through and arise to the next level. And I'm telling you, if government programs could have done it, they would have done it. America would be great. If all the books of the world could have done it, all the books of the world would have already done it. But I'm telling you, I've seen person after person after person with a life who the Bible has, says here has continued to follow Christ. I have never met a man or a woman who has continued to follow Christ that after a year period of time that God hasn't exalted their life from whatever level they were to the next level. Can you say amen? amen. I, why? Because it's the nature of God to bring increase in people's lives. It is the nature of God. The Bible says earlier in Colossians, and I love it in, uh, in the Amplified Version, it says this good news came to you that goes out all over the world, and it's bearing fruit everywhere and changing lives, just as it has changed your lives from the day that you first heard it. The Bible says in the Amplified Version, because of its very nature, because of the nature of the word of God. And I remember just sitting there and thinking of the nature of the word of God. And the Lord showed me, if I had a boiling pot of water, could I ever make a boiling pot of water cold? I never could. Could I make an ice cube hot? Is it possible? It's physically impossible for me to make an ice cube hot. Why? Because it's the nature of an ice cube to be cold, and it's the nature of a boiling pot of water to be hot, and it is the nature of the gospel of Jesus Christ to produce fruit wherever it goes. The word of God cannot help but produce fruit wherever it goes. So if you need fruit to be produced in your life financially, there are scriptures in here that God has given us, not just as nice sayings that TJ Maxx makes money so we can hang them on the wall. He's given us these scriptures, the Bible says, so we can hide them in our heart. The Bible says in the book of Joshua that we don't let the word of God depart from us day or night, and we will prosper wherever we go. (laughs) Man, when you get a hold of the word of God and you truly decide, man, I want to find out what this thing says, dude, you're talking to a guy right now, or I guess listening, not so many people are talking, right? Thank, Thank you for listening. Thank you for not talking, maybe not the right time. We can chat later. But you're, you're listening to a guy who I grew up in the rural parts of New Jersey. My dad was a carpenter. My mom was a nurse. We didn't have a bad childhood growing up, but we were not wealthy by any means. We had to pick the sports that we had to go to. And of course, I picked the stinking most expensive one. I play hockey. And I was the most expensive position a goalie, right? Like if you ever play hockey, a goalie like minimum, you're like 1,500 bucks of equipment. Two thousand, And if you didn't know it, Kids freaking grow like roots, you know? Like they need. If you think it's crazy buying new clothes every so often for your kids, imagine having to buy hockey equipment every season for kids. It's not cheap. And I remember we came from a house where I had to pony up for half of my hockey equipment. So guess who was out in the winter shoveling snow? I remember making 200 bucks shoveling snow. One winter, back when two hundred dollars was a lot of money, you know, and I'm like, "Cool, I can I can afford half of a catch glove." <laughs> Great, I got my half in. But you're, what I'm saying is, is I am living proof that you can take this Bible, you can learn what it says you can apply what it says and you will see God take you from the level that you're at to the next level. The Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. So that means what God's done for me, he'll do for you, Miss Marion, and he already has done for you, Miss Marion. Just like he's doing right now for you, Clayton, you're taking the word of God in your life and your family is going to the next level. If your life is not progressing, then you need to take this word, apply a heart of faith to it, and you need to start conquering territory for the kingdom of God. Because I'll tell you what, man, you're either growing or you're dying. You're either expanding territory or you're losing territory. There's no middle ground. There's no middle ground. Do you ever notice the older that you get and you try to like stay in shape, like you don't just like stay in shape. Like, it's kind of an oxymoron when you think about it, right? You stay out of shape. (laughs) If you're in shape and you stay, you turn out of shape. Are you seeing what I'm saying right now? There is no staying in shape. There is working out and being healthy and being fit, or there's getting unhealthy. That's it. Even if your shape is not changing, you're having to work to not change your shape. Right? Like, I mean, I know that this is like pretty basic 101 stuff, but this is the reality of life. If you put a banana on the counter, it will eventually overripen. The second law of thermodynamics says things will tend to disarray until purposely kept in order. What do you know that gets better just by not touching it ever? Nothing. Nothing. Yet people, Monday through Sunday, do the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over. And they're wondering like, man, Why isn't my life changing? Because God didn't design our life to set it on repeat. God designed the human spirit to always be ever advancing, taking ground, making impact. See, even just me talking about it, you feel something in your spirit. Do you notice that? Like when I talk about just being the same and doing over and over, But man, I've get three sentences out of my mouth about how God's designed us to take ground. And it's like, it's like that flame is up in your spirit. That's the candle of the man in your, that's your spirit man on the inside of your heart. What we would say is bearing witness or is agreeing with what the word that has been said. In the book of Luke, after Jesus had been resurrected from the dead, two of the disciples are walking on the beach and a man is walking with them and they're communicating and they're going back and forth. If you can figure out the exact scripture, Sarah, pull it up. I'll read it. But it says at the end, Jesus goes and they make, they make a fire and they start to cook food around that fire and Jesus reveals himself to them. And do you know what the disciples said? They said, is this not the man who our hearts burned inside of us when we spoke to him? Do you sense how even as I share that scripture that there's something on the inside of you that is attracted to it? That's why the disciples said when Jesus said, "You can leave me too." What did the disciples said? They said, "Where would we go? You have the words of life." Luke 24:32. I'll read this starting in verse 28. By the time that they were nearing Emmaus at the end of their journey, Jesus acted as if he were going on, but he he begged them, stay the night with us since it's getting late. So he went home with them and they sat down to eat. He took the bread and he blessed it and then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were open and they recognized him. And at that moment he disappeared. And they said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? Where else will we go? Where else do we go, Jesus? You're the one who has the words of life. Where else do we go on Sunday night, Pastor Kent? You're preaching the words of life. Where do I go to the bar? Do I go to the bar? Do I, do I go to my meth dealer? Where else can I go? You are preaching the words of life. When this word is shared, did your hearts not burn inside of you? <laughs> Let And now, just as you have accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. This is true. The reason why so many people have been turned away from Christianity is that most people have not lived like true Christians. I mean, look, think about most of the crypt Christians, Cryptians. they're like Crips. It's like gangs of terrible religious people that have no power. Bloods and Crips. Pharisees and Sadducees. Oh, you think I'm being rough? Cross the sea, you make them twice the devil as you are. That's what Jesus said. Whitewashed tombs filled with dead man's bones. Bro, Jesus was savage. Like, if you look at how Jesus interacted with the religious people, bro, he had some of the wittiest... Bro, he'll slay you. He'll... Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on them. Then your, then your faith will grow. People are like, well, if I just had faith. Look, the Bible makes it clear what you do to get more faith. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you get in the word of God, you get more faith. Well, Brother Troy, I don't know if I have that mention. First of all, the Bible also says that to every one of us has been given the measure of faith. Even those of you guys that are visiting here tonight, or you don't know it, but you're soon to be family of the church. God has still issued you, the Bible says, a measure of faith. You came to this place tonight expecting to get something. If you expected to get nothing, great to see you. If you expected to get nothing, you wouldn't be here. You can expect nothing on your couch and be more comfortable and not walk out in the rain. It's chilly outside. But deep down in your heart, you are hoping. You are hoping that you would hear something that would change your life. Deep down in your heart, you knew that $300 would be cool, and Nintendo Switch would be great, but deep down in your heart, you're saying, man, if I could really just get a hold of something that would change my tax bracket, if I could really just get a hold of something that will change the square footage of my home, man, if I really could just get a hold of something that will change how I'm spending my money, man, if I could just get a hold of something that will help my son, that will help my daughter. Man, if I could get a hold of something that would truly make a difference, I'll commit my life to it. Man, I'll never forget the first time I saw the power of God. I was up in Danville, New York. This man, Rich Vera, was speaking, and he was uh, what you would call uh, working in, there's some, some power gifts of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say supernatural. God moves supernaturally. He doesn't just move naturally, he moves supernaturally. And in these meetings, I saw him call people out and say, "You ma'am, you were in a car accident 3 weeks ago and your body was fine, but 2 days ago your neck started hurting you and you thought it was and you thought about that car accident." And as he said it, the people would start to tremble and shake and cry. And you could see that there'd be no way that this man could know about this incident. And he would say, stand up. The power of God is on you and God is healing you now in Jesus name. And they would fall backwards under the power of God. You say, why couldn't, why did, why'd they fall down? They couldn't stand up. It's incredible. That's what happens. They fell down because they couldn't stand up. They were so overwhelmed by the presence of God and God healed them. And I remember being 19 years old. And I remember just this thought of like, dude, this is like real superhero type of stuff. Like this is like, bro, this is like, better than Superman real type of stuff. Like this is better than Spider-Man. Like like God has made some superpowers available to mankind, not just to make a movie, but to make a change in people's lives. And at that moment, I said to myself, I said, God, if you if you would use me, I'll use the power that you give me to impact people's lives. And I'm telling you, when you pray a prayer like that, when you say, God, I'm here, change my life so I can change other people's life. God is looking for people on this earth right now that says, if you're willing to, I'm willing to. You come to me and I will take you and I will make you a glorious family. I'll pour my spirit out upon your household. I'll break the the patterns of sin off of your life. I'll break the patterns of poverty off of your life. I'll take you from whatever place that you're at to a higher place. You'll see the goodness of God, and I believe I'm in a room full of people tonight that are saying, "Devil, enough is enough. You've had a stronghold in my life for too long. I won't let you hold my family down anymore. I'm choosing to come up and to live higher. And if that's you, go ahead and give the Lord a applause to the Lord now." Thank you, Lord. There comes this point. There's like this great exchange. Like, God is here. He's, if God wants to do it, then He'll do it. God did it 2,000 years ago. Man, God did it. God did it. The Bible says that when Jesus died, I'm going to just continue reading. My goodness. All right then your faith will grow. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high sounding nonsense. That's what happens now. Man, you got all these people with cracked out stones trying to get auras and chakras lined up, and you're trying to get the yogis to be the yogi's and, you know, downward dogging it and whatever you're doing, right? Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from spiritual powers of this world. Like, it's, it's written. Like, I, I just remember when I, the first time I was in a church and I ever heard the gospel being preached, like, I was like, dude, how could a book written so long ago be so alive and applicable to me today? Also known as, my heart is burning within me while I'm hearing this preaching right now. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ who is head over every ruler and authority. Dude. I heard this Christian song the other day and I wanted to punch somebody. It's like, man, we're all just broken people. No, dude, I've been made made complete in Christ. I've been made, you know, we all sin, our sin just looks differently. No, like that is so theologically unsound. I would rather get kicked in the groin than believe that way one time getting kicked in the groin or my whole life living under the bondage of sin. I'll take a groin kick. Thanks. But how many people are just like, man, you know, we're all just sinners saved by grace. And they identify with their sin nature. That is not the plan of God. Oh, we're all just broken people. I don't know, I'm terrible at singing, but I'm even terrible. I should probably just sing all bad Christian songs. So that way I just give people like a terrible, like remembrance whenever they hear that. I should make an album of all of the doctrinally unsound songs, get people to hate the songs. So that way when they hear it on the radio, they're just like, "Ugh, I remember. I was made to listen to that song when Troy sang it. (laughs) I can't turn it off. We're all just broken people. No, I was a broken person. And then Jesus came and he bound the brokenhearted. He went down to captivities, took them captive and set them free. I'm not bound no more. I'm not broken no more. I am complete through my union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. Every ruler and authority. He is the head. I read this stuff and I'm just like, it is so plain. Like God did not mix words. He is the head of every ruler. There is nothing happening in the world right now that God isn't the head over. I'm not saying he's the author of it. I'm just saying he's ahead of it. There is nothing more powerful than God. That's why I said to Pastor Kent this morning the most important couple in Perryville. Because you're hooked up with the plan of God. Not because, when you get hooked up with the plan of God and when you're fully committed to the plan of God, you can walk into a room and, and know that I have all of heaven behind me. You don't need to worry about what's gonna happen. Someone can come up to you with a gun and you could be completely carefree. Because if you're right in the middle of the will of God, you can't take my life, that's what Jesus said. Jesus said to Pontius Pilate, he said, make no mistake about it, no one can take my life. I lay it down freely. You see, at that time, the Jews were expecting Jesus to come to take over for Israel. So just like a little Bible 101 is for years in the Old Testament, all the Israelites were expecting their Messiah to come and to, to set up a ruling kingdom on earth. Israel, The Israelites, the Jews, had constantly been oppressed, right? Through Egyptians, through all these different rulers, Uh, funny, you know, side fact is that whenever the Israelites committed and obeyed God, God always brought them up to the highest place of the ruling class. And it was only when they disobeyed and got out of the will of God that they began to go back into bondage. So the whole Old Testament, you see, God is not a God of mountains and valleys. Humans apart from Christ are humans of mountains and valleys. God says that you'll go from strength to strength, from glory to glory, from faith to faith. God doesn't call you to go from mountaintop to valley to mountaintop to valley. He calls you to be ever increasing. The Bible says that the righteous will shine like a star, brighter and brighter until the day of his return. God doesn't design you to live and to suffer defeat defeat and and to live and to suffer defeat and to live and to suffer defeat. That's what the plan of humanity apart from Christ is. And you can see it all through the whole Old Testament. So basically the Israelites at this point were expecting their Messiah to come to kick, you know, whatever ruling Romans uh, you know there was, kick him out of office and basically say Israel, long live Israel. And they were expecting this whole natural takeover. But Jesus said, "Man, I'm about my father's business. He says he has a plan that you don't understand. And that plan is not to set up rule and reign of kingdoms of mankind. But he said, I've come to destroy the work of the devil, to break the power of sin, not just to set up a ruling class in some Middle Eastern city but to break the power of sin for all mankind, for all of history. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. Ha, <laughs> ha, mm the cutting away of your sinful nature. But Troy, I still feel these urges and these impulses. I'm not denying that. When you realize that you are a spiritual being that lives in a natural body, you realize it's your natural body that is competing with this natural world. Your natural body is the one that has challenges, not your spirit body. So when you get born again, your spirit man's nature is perfect in the sight of God. And your natural man, the Bible says that you need to crucify your flesh. So for those people who are watching things that they shouldn't be watching, they still have these natural impulses. The Bible says that you crucify your flesh. But the Bible also says that greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. So he doesn't call you to fight a battle that he doesn't think you can win. He calls you to battle and he equips you with the best weapons, that are unknown to man. They're not even the best known to mankind. They are the best weapons unknown to mankind. You see, the devil doesn't know what's going to happen. A lot of people give the devil way more credit than they should. The devil doesn't know the future. The devil's not omnipotent. The devil's not omniscient, he's not everywhere, he's not all-knowing. That's why the devil has had to have an antichrist ready in every generation, in every epoch of time because he doesn't know when the return of the Lord is coming. That's why you see people like Hitler in that generation. You see people like Stalin. You see these people that the enemy had prepared to be the Antichrist, but it wasn't their time yet. And I'm here to let you know it's still not the devil's time, that the devil is still under our feet, and that if you'll take this word of God, that the very nature of it is to produce fruit, you'll see that the devil's under your feet as well. For you... Verse 12 here, Col- uh, Colossians 2.12, for you were buried with Christ when you were baptized and you were, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. That's why when we do water baptism tonight, what is water baptism? It is an outward expression. It is a formal show of an inward decision. And you have it as a point of contact for your life that you're able to say, on October 29th, that evening, I got water baptized. I was buried under the water. Just like Christ was buried in the earth and I was raised from the water. Just like Christ was raised from the dead. And just like when Christ went down, he shed his mortal body, this fleshly body. He says, I buried that body and I'm raised to new life again. It's the same way when you're baptized and you're raised up again. It's a signification that a new New life has began, that the old you has passed away and all things have become new. So I challenge you, whether you brought clothes or you didn't bring clothes, if you need to get water baptized, make that decision and say, today is a fresh start for me and my family. <clears throat> and most people, because they're so, man, your baptism looks like a jacuzzi, bro. After everyone else leaves, is like, because it got bubblers on and everything? It's 90 degrees? So, all right. Is that the one that, from your house? They brought it in? <laughs> Dude, people are in Russia. They break the ice open. Like, pe- people are like, oh, let's do these cold plunges. Man, you got Christians getting baptized in a cold plunge. Hungry for God. You got people in the Middle East that know that the second that they get water baptized, it is a target on the back of the head for them and their family. Man, we have it so cushy in America. We have it all like rainbows and Skittles, yeah, Jesus, the way it should be. Lives should be, it should be celebratory when people get born again. It should be celebratory when you get water baptized. It shouldn't be that you should be persecuted. It shouldn't be that you're, thank God for America. Thank you, Lord, for 1776. Thank you, Lord, for one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you for the land of the free, the home of the brave. Thank you for the rocket's red glare. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, for the bombs bursting in air that gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Thank God, thank you God for our for our founding fathers that gave us a constitution to be here today that had the foresight to know that an AR-15 wasn't for hunting deer, that it was to keep back a tyrannical government, that AR-15s were to protect us from invading nations. Thank you God for the amazing nation of America. I'm thankful for America tonight. God's not done with America. Man, you look on the news and you would think that America's going to hell in a handbasket. I'm letting you know God is not done with America yet. Oh, I'm letting you know that there is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that has come into this nation. Man, I am telling you, get ready. terre is not far away from seeing the power of God fall on the streets. Man, you, it is, this building is too small. This building is too small. Man, people are going to be encountering. God on the streets of Bonterre. Man, you're going to be going into Casey's and you're going to be seeing people getting wrecked by the power of God. Man, you know, we talk about that power like, oh man, that's cool. You heard somebody who knew those things about the accident and people getting healed. Like dude, God's design was never that that would just stick inside of a church building. We pray, as the Lord leads, we pray for people like that everywhere. Dude, I was at a steak restaurant in Texas called Saltgrass. I don't think you guys have Saltgrass around here. It's a Texas thing. Eh, mediocre at best. But anyway, when you make your own steaks, you just love your own steaks. Anyone else, like, just make their own steak and they don't like to eat steak anywhere? Okay, all vegetarians out here in are Wonderful. Jeez. We need to buy a cow. That's what we need to do is buy a cow and we'll just give away ribeyes and we can have a steak contest. Pastor Kent will sit behind a table with numbered ribeyes and you'll have to vote. Brother Ron gave me this idea with apple pies earlier today. And you'll have to vote for the best ribeye. And whoever makes the best ribeye, it's a pin. Yeah. <laughs> wins, wins the cow. Anyway, what was I saying? Thank God for America. <clears throat> Preaching the gospel. Yeah, we're in Casey's. People around. Saltgrass. Oh, yeah, I went to Saltgrass. Thanks. Yeah, and we were just done, and the waitress was there. Nice waitress. Normal-looking waitress. Normal, whatever normal is, that was her. And uh, at the end, I'm like, hey, man, as uh, a, <laughs> I mean, you look at me, I'm probably not normal, you know? So, <laughs> hey, you laughed a little too loud on that, Pastor Liz. Jeez. And, uh, man, I just said this lady, I'm like, ma'am, I just want to let you know God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Has anybody told you that recently? And she's like, no, it's, it's been a while. I'm like, oh, I just want to let you know God loves you. She's like, thanks. And I just started to share a couple scriptures. There's this tool that I've used for years called the Gospel Soul Winning Script. It's just a couple simple scriptures from the book of Romans. I asked her, I said, ma'am, if you died today, do you know would you go to heaven? She's like, no, I don't know, I'm not too sure. And I just told her, well, I just want to let you know the Bible says that we all sin, we all fall short of the glory of God. And the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And the Bible also says that anybody that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Men. The Bible says, follow him, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. People memorize statistics about the St. Louis Blues, the Cardinals. Anybody remember who Brett Hall was? I think he was a hockey hall of famer, right? He is definitely, right? People memorize stats about a man who doesn't even play hockey anymore, Whose statistics in 100 years, how about Gordie Howe? Who knows Gordie Howe? Do you know how many people played hockey with Gordie Howe? Nobody, nobody even knows who Gordie Howe is. Anyone, raise your hand if you know who Gordie Howe is. Exactly. And were you a stats guy? I feel like you were a stats guy. You were, right? Jonah's a big stats guy. Isn't Jonah a big stats guy? Could we memorize some stats about a man who gave his life for us? that gave us a word that will change our life. But I'm thankful I'm in a church that's not full of lazy people who don't know the word of God. I'm thankful that I'm in a church of people that are hungry for the word of God. And even if you haven't memorized the word of God, you can make a decision today to say, I'm going to let the word of God reside in my heart. If the nature of the word of God is to abound with fruit, then I'm going to put the word of God in my heart so that I can have fruit abound to my account. If that's you, let your amen be the loudest. So I was in Saltgrass and I shared those scriptures with this lady. Three scriptures for all of sin and fall short of the glo- for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Boom, boom, boom. You're a whosoever, right, Miss? Aren't you? Yeah, I'm a whosoever. Hey, I wanna I wanna pray for you right now. Can I pray for you? She's like, yeah, sure. And I prayed, and when I prayed her heart burned inside of her because within seconds of me praying for her, the power of God hit her and she started weeping and crying right there. And as I prayed for her, I started to prophesy over her. I said, you weren't even supposed to be here today, ma'am, but schedules were rearranged so that way you could be here so you could meet me today. And I prayed. And then I said, "Hey, if you'd like to receive the gift that God has for you—eternal life—pray this with me." We prayed. She received the Lord while getting paid from Saltgrass on clock, hit by the power of God. And you know what she said to me? She says, "You know, it was crazy. I was not supposed to be on the schedule today. My boss, somebody was in a funeral. The da 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 da, and I had to come out here and take this shift." There is a powerful God in heaven that is willing to stand behind you if you will take his word and simply share it with people. You're like, well, I'm not charismatic like you. Like, I am nothing. I am a dead man preaching a living word. And the deader you get and the more of the living word you preach, the more miraculous events will happen in your life. Can you say amen? Amen. Uh, Man, are. (laughs) So, what you're saying is that your personality is more powerful than the power of God. That's what people are saying. Ah, it's not my personality. Look, and I'm not here to like make everybody traveling evangelists or anything like that. But what I'm talking about is I'm talking about God moving in the streets of your city. I'm talking about you being used by God. Jesus stood. And he said on the last day of the feast, he said, out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water. And he spoke of the Holy Spirit that was not given yet. Out of your bellies, not out of your minds, not out of your personalities, but out of the Bible says your inner man, your spirit man will flow rivers of living water. Where else could we go? Who else has the word of life? Hey, good to see you again, man. Yeah, for sure. Did you just make it in from Perryville? That's awesome. That's great. Ah, bro, I get it. I got lost. I stopped at Lick's Custards. (laughs) Man, I want to just re-preach this whole message just for you again, man. I'm going to just read this scripture for you so you can catch up with where we're at. This is Colossians chapter 2, and it says, And now, just as you have accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him, and let your lives be built on him. That's a partnership. We have to let that happen. And it says, then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in human body, so you are complete through your union with Christ. So there's no need to be broken. There's no need to be lacking. The Bible says that when you're in Christ, you are fully complete. The Bible says for healing, for salvation, it's this word sozo, which means nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. That the the plan of God is absolute overflowing. The Bible says, let your cup runneth over. Absolute abundance in every area of your life. That means joy overflowing, peace overflowing, happiness overflowing, purpose overflowing, finances overflowing, family overflowing. That's talking every area of your life overflowing. And we talked about how how there's so many dead churches out there that aren't actually preaching the word of God. And that's why people aren't getting godly results in their life. And we said how most people aren't Christians because other Christians aren't living this type of life where their life is rooted, rooted in the things of God. It's basically the last 40 minutes, bro. So welcome. You're you're all caught up now. You got it, man. Mm -hmm. Oh, let me share this too, because we're doing water baptism tonight. So when you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. So he's cut that sinful nature away. And when you become born again, your spirit man, the Bible says that old things pass away, all things become new. When I got born again, I was just as ugly as I was before I got born again, right? So obviously my body didn't change, but what happened is my spirit man changed, become totally brand new, and the desires of my heart now were brand new. The old things passed away, but I still lived in this physical body. So I had to learn how to put the desires of this body, the Bible says, to put them under or to crucify the desires of your flesh. So that's what the Bible says when he says that we've been circumcised, but not physically. We've been circumcised spiritually. God's cut away that sinful nature. And all that he's left is our holy nature that's with God. That's what he's left behind. And then it says here, it says, for you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. So we talk, oh, wow, Troy, you're saying it again. If you can come up here and preach baptism, you're more than welcome to walk out the door. But those that know baptism well enough to preach it are just as happy to hear it again a second time. Because it is a glorious thing. Man, and this is what it takes building a church. Pastor Kent will tell you. Man, you reestablish these truths. The Bible says that repetition is the mother of all learning. What's so beautiful about the Word of God is it says in Hebrews 4.12, it says that the word of God is alive and, oh no, this is, a yeah, yeah, 4.12, alive and active, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing to dividing the soul from the spirit. It is the discern, it is, helps you discern the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word of God is alive and active. Dude, <clears throat> you know, we can watch movies over and over again, man. My daughter would watch Elsa. Let it go. I should put that on my album of never listens to again. What other kids movies do your kids watch? Anything your kids watch that just gets sickening to watch again? Baby Shark. My daughter was listening to that on the way up here. We bought her headphones. <laughs> Why not the word of God? This is what it means, man. It's like let it be, let it be established, man. Like, understand the doctrine of baptism. Understand it. Understand it. Now, there is somebody, and Pastor Kent is a great Bible teacher. He's got great stuff online. Listen to his stuff on Spotify. Get the word of God living in your heart. Understand the doctrine that's being preached from this ministry. Because what happens is it it brings this point of relationship to everything else that you hear from that point forward. All of a sudden they connect and it connects and it connects and it connects and it's like, boom, it's like an explosion that happens on the inside of you. Another, Another amazing, who here is on like Spotify or Apple Music? Do any of you guys listen to that stuff? All right, raise your hand, I'm curious. Okay, who here still listens to traditional radio? Raise your hand. Okay, who here watches things on YouTube? Raise your hand if you watch things on YouTube. Okay, YouTube's the most popular. Okay, if you're on Instagram, raise your hand. Okay, if you're on Snapchat, raise your hand. YouTube, by the way, clearly the most popular platform. Interesting to know. You're on YouTube. Overcomers Church International on YouTube. Um, So Tiff Shuttlesworth is another one. He says... To be that you should become, he has a, an organization called the Lost Lamb. Two Sundays ago, he preached a message about the end times and, you know, right around the war with Israel. It got over a million views in five days. The guy's like 65 years old. He's been preaching for like 35 years in like small churches all across America. And there are now a million individual students of the Bible that join him every single month on different programs, including myself. His stuff is like, you know, they actually, they've done studies and they found that your most productive years of your life are between 60 and 70 years old. The next most productive, the next most productive are between 70 and 80 years old. You're just not as stupid as you are when you're 35 years old. You know, you learned a lot by that point. You could, and hopefully, yeah. Yeah. You get rid of that dumb gene, right? Isn't that right? What'd you call it, Ron? The dumb gene. (laughs) The dumb hormone, that's what it was, that every young boy gets between the ages of 12 and 25. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. So again, we know Christ was killed and he was buried. And while he was buried, how many days was he buried for? Three days, right? Where did he go when he was buried? He went to death, hell, and the grave. What did he do? He saw the devil. He beat the crap out of the devil. He took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He took all the authority that the devil had, restored it back to himself, kicked the devil again, and then he rose from the dead. The Bible says that he defeated his final enemy, death. Every other enemy is under his feet. And it says here, that we have our fullness and our complete union with him. So if we have unity with him, where are all of the enemies? Under our feet. If he has the keys to death, hell, and the grave, if he conquered poverty, sickness, and lack, and we are complete in him, if he is the head, the Bible says, and we are the body. The Bible says that the earth is his footstool, right? Who uses a footstool, right? So if the earth is God's footstool, he's the head and we're the body. We're the body, where's the earth? Underneath. We, and oh man, that's what I'm saying. As a Christian, if you realize what this book gives you access to, you walk around this earth a totally different person. You no longer look around and find out what can I get from people, because you realize that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and you realize that He is the giver of gifts. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is the Lord who provides, and that if He can put a coin in a fish's mouth for Peter to pay the taxes, He can put money in your hand to pay your mortgage every month. That if you've got a house that you're paying rent on, He'll upgrade you from a renter to an owner, and then if you have a house that you own and you don't own property, he'll make you a renter to a landlord. You'd Man, it changes, man, it changes. It changes when you know who God is. You can walk into a room like an absolute savage, not because of who you are, but because you serve the king of kings. What can man do to me? Man can do nothing to me. Man can do nothing. I don't care. The safest, if you're ever in trouble, the safest place you could be is with me. Nothing could happen to me. That is outside of God's perfect plan for my life. And if you'll believe it, the same will be true for you. If you're living for the Lord, your life rooted and founded on him, the safest place you can be is in the perfect plan of God. That could be in the middle of Saudi Arabia, it doesn't matter. So water baptism is being buried with him as you go under and being raised back to a new life again. It's an outward expression. It's a date you can point to and say, on that day, I gave my life to Jesus. I was water baptized. And on that day, All the old life passed away and I became brand new. You were dead not because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. I'm going to read that again. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ. Everybody say with Christ for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it on the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. See, we think the religious world thinks that the cross was a sad day, The the cross was a day of shame for the devil because the devil said, if I knew what would happen, I never would have put to death the Lord of glory. Man, it was one apple that when he was crucified, the seeds fell to the ground and produced seed, Too numerous to count. Thank you, Lord. Verse 20, you have died with Christ, and he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So why would you keep on following the rules of the world? These rules might seem wise because they require strong devotion and pious self-denial and severe bodily discipline, but they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. We read pretty much most of Colossians 2. Get the word of God living in. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we are making a difference, visit International.com.